Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. But we do want to thank you uh, for making the time out to be part of our History Making Sunday. This is the first time ever that we've done a Vision Sunday. First time. And it's so exciting. Um, and, and 17 months ago, a team of 38 warriors, adventurers, pioneers decided that they were going to step out of their comfort zone um, and plant this church known as Lift Church. And and you can see so many uh, amazing things. You, you would hopefully have heard of amazing stories of what God has done. Um, and, and, and yeah, you know, we just have to thank God for His faithfulness over our journey so far. But when we started Lift Church, we started with a goal to have three really strong departments uh, that we start off with. We didn't want to do everything. We knew that as a church, uh, we, if we tried to do too many things, we would not be able to do any of them well. And so we decided to really focus in on three things. And those three things were our Sunday morning experiences, which is what you see today, uh, our lift kits, which is running right now outside those doors, and our lift groups. And so we really decided we are going to keep it simple in this early season. Uh, and, and I'm so excited that those three things that we put our effort, that we put our attention into, has actually uh, been such a source of strength to our church. You know, over the last 17 months, uh, our attendances on a Sunday morning has, has just uh, been steadily growing and going upwards and upwards, uh, but, but I think even more importantly than the number of people coming, I just love the culture of this house. I just love that people catch on to what we're trying to do, and, and the number of people that have uh, told Beck or myself that they just felt an experienced family, they just felt like they belong when they come to this church, it just, just really warms my heart, because we're not just putting on a show, we're actually wanting people to feel a part of something bigger than themselves to be a part of family where they know that they're going to be welcomed, that they're going to be accepted, that they're going to be supported and encouraged. And so our Sunday mornings have, even though we've grown, we've still kept that spirit and that heart, and, and that's so important to us. And, and our Lift Kids, oh my gosh, my Lift Kids is just so exciting. Um, we, we started off and we knew that with the demographic of Vic Park, kids are going to be, um, shall we say, hard to come by. Uh, you don't just see them walking around the streets. Around I know we're, we're in a primary school right here, but this school is a school of 90 kids, which is not a lot of kids at all. And, and we knew that uh, a kids' ministry in the town of Vic Park wasn't going to explode anytime soon, realistically speaking. And at the same time, we didn't want it to be a babysitting program. We didn't want you to come after a whole week and go, I'm going to dump my kids somewhere for an hour and a half and pick them up and then go on with my day. That's not what we wanted with Lift Kids. We wanted Lift Kids to have encounters with God, to really develop their personal relationship with God. And I'm so excited that over the last 17 months, uh, we have baptized 13 people. And out of those 13, six of them have been from Lift Kids. And it just shows me how amazing our kids program is at, at, at making life with Jesus real. And, and, and our Lift Kids team, I know that they're so passionate about kids. It's not like, oh, no, I'm on. But they, you know, they, they, they go all out. They, they wear Angry Birds costumes every now and then. <laughs> I hope that you've seen that picture. This is my favorite picture. Uh, you know, they, they, they do crazy artwork. They, they, they think up of creative ways to communicate the gospel. And that's so amazing. And the final part, 
of our original plan was to have lift groups, basically small groups that meet during the week. Um, and and, and we, we, we just wanted small groups to be one of the favorite things of this church. And, and you have voted with your feet. Uh, as we started lift groups last week, we have 84% of our church in small groups. And, and that just absolutely blows me away because it is just like uh, we know that it's asking of your time. We know that it's asking of your energy. You've been at work for a whole day, but you're wanting to be there, wanting to gather with people and to learn God's word and, and, and improve and grow and all that stuff that, that live groups provide for us. And we are so excited that live groups is one of those things like we don't run live groups in term four and, and, and people are asking, when's live groups going? When's live groups starting? Um, and, and, and we are so excited that they have started and, and and, and off we go. So all of that to say that we have achieved what we set out to do as a church 17 months ago. Uh, we have seen such strength into those three areas of our church. And, 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 and can I just ask you right now to help me just thank God for his faithfulness and his grace of our journey. Why don't we just pray? Dear God, I just thank you so much for all that you've done, for the favor that has been upon us, for your blessing and your grace. That, that we know that we've made mistakes along this way. We know that we've not always um, uh, carry the right heart or the right attitude, but God, that you've come through for us. You brought breakthrough, you brought blessing, and you brought favor. And God, I pray that the coming year will be greater than in the past, that, that, that we thank you for the past. We honor what has happened in the past, but God, we know that you have got so much more. And as a church, we just want to latch on uh, to what you are doing. We want to be with you every step of this journey. So we thank you, God, and we pray this in your name. Amen. I think it's also right at this moment um, to really express gratitude to the team that has been with us. Uh, whether you've joined over the last few weeks or, or you've been with us for the last 17 months or a bit longer if you were part of the original launch team, we just really want to thank you because Beck and I, uh, we never want to lift church to be the Beck and Nate show. And I, I know I said that quite a lot, but it really isn't. Like, I'm the mouthpiece. I got to talk, but you guys are, you know, you're down there with, not down there, but you know, you're with people, you, you're loving people, you, you're doing the difficult uh, things, the mundane things sometimes in order that the, the vision of the house can continue to carry on forward. And you know, all the things that we've mentioned, the successes that we've seen as a church so far is in no small part due to the fact that we've got such a committed, such an energetic, inspiring team of people. We call you the in case you didn't know, and we love our crew. We love all of you guys. And so this moment, I just wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Lift Church would not be anywhere without you guys. And we've also thanked God. So with God, with you guys, and with us, it's going to be amazing. And, and so excited for that. Um, anyway, sorry, I had to have that little moment. But um, we, we have, as I mentioned, achieved a lot over the last 17 months. And God began to really stir in our hearts uh, a, a fresh vision for this year. 
See, as a church, we, we don't have a written down vision statement uh, that is going to be guiding this church for the next 150 years. Uh, and we don't have that because we didn't feel right at the start that God was placing a very specific picture of the far distant future for us. But what God placed on our heart is an anchor point for us to always be able to gauge whether we are on the right path. And that anchor point is our mission, as you can see up there this morning, pursue renew and strengthen uh, to pursue is we want to pursue people with the same energy and passion that Christ has pursued us. Renew is where we understand that our mindsets need to be changed. We need to dive into God's Word and to take on kingdom mindset rather than worldly mindsets that we have accumulated over our time because it's with a kingdom mindset that it really unlocks our future and unlocks God's will over our lives. And finally, we strengthen as a church, we believe in you. We believe in the call and the destiny of God that is on your life. And, and, and this church is dedicated to seeing you strengthened, seeing you empowered, and seeing you uh, released into all that God has got for you. And that's the three mission words of Lift Church. We dive a lot more into them in ground floor, which is a bit of like, I guess, an inter- introductory group to get to know Beck and myself in the church. Uh, We've already started ground floor for this term, but it runs every term as a lift group, so you can join up for the next one if you want to hear more about that. And and so our mission as a church stays the same. Every year, if, if someone asks you, what does Lift Church do? We pursue, we renew, we strengthen. What does Lift Church do in 2020? We pursue, we renew, we strengthen. That's the same. But what happens as we continue doing the mission of this church is that the vision of God becomes clearer for us in every season that we walk into. So the previous season was one of preparation, and and we set up with our team right from the early days, it's a preparation season. And so we feel like that shifting of gears, and and genuinely speaking, I'm not saying this as like, hey, you need to be inspiring on Vision Sunday, don't you know? Uh, But it really is something that God stirred in our hearts, that 2017 is a year that we're going to get stronger. We've hashtagged it Stronger17, and you might have seen it floating around on Facebook or Instagram, there are about 50. 51, 52 posts on Instagram, hashtag uh, Stronger17. You can search for it. I did that. And about 95% are photos from me, basically, because I'm so excited about this year. And and Stronger17 is our theme. It's something that God's been putting on our heart. And Stronger17 comes from Isaiah 54, verse 2. I'm going to read this to you. It says, Enlarge the place of your tent, and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Stakes. I said stakes right, yeah? Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's hungry already. Hungry for some steak. Now, when we read any passage in the Bible, it is imperative. It's so important that we don't just go, oh, I like that. That's for me. And I I know Christians, I really do, that, that actually just go, Oh, that's nice. 2017 is going to be great because Ezekiel 29 says so. Christians do that, which is really disappointing because God's Word comes as a whole and and, and is living and active and is so powerful. But we need to put a little bit of work into it. And so I did a little bit of work for us uh, when it comes to Isaiah 54 verse 2. Because uh, if you've been around church world for a while, this is one of the favorites of churches when it comes to vision time. 
is not one of those obscure verses where the knife sank into his belly. It's a verse that we, we, we love. It's, it's about growing and, and amazing stuff. But the context of this verse is actually really interesting. It was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, in case you didn't know. Um, it comes from Isaiah. And he spoke it at a very difficult time in, in the life of his people. His people were, were, were the Israelites, and, and many of the prophets in that season were prophesying about how if the Israelites do not turn around, if they do not start following God again, they were going to be conquered and they were going to be taken into exile. That was the word of the season. Every prophet was like, come on guys, get your act together. And in the midst of all of those prophecies, God puts this verse in Isaiah's heart, uh, this, this word in Isaiah's heart, which is uh, enlarge the place of your habitation, stretch out, stretch out that place, get bigger, get ready. And, 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 and it's so counter to everything else that Isaiah had been saying at that point. It's just so really interesting. And, and, and as God began to unpack the understanding what was going on, it, it's so cool because, you know, we are all fallen, broken people. Let's just get that out there. None of us are perfect. None of us get it right all the time. And you know, our sin comes with consequence. Our sin comes with, with bad stuff that comes along with uh, the, the choices that we have made. But God is not so much concerned about the consequences, but He's more concerned about our restoration. I love that in the midst of judgment, in the midst of speaking out, this is what will happen if you don't change your ways. God already was preparing an escape plan for the Israelites. He was already saying to them, look, I will not let you go. And that gives me so much encouragement for my life because I don't always get things right. I, I get angry. I, get, uh, I do things wrong. And, and in the midst of that, sometimes I wonder, God, why do you choose me? God, why do you still want to work with me? But this shows me that this is part of God's character. He's not going to flip and flop on you. He still believes in you, and He wants to bring restoration to your life. And so, so God speaks to the, the, the remnant that were staying in Israel. He said, get ready because I will bring an end to that punishment. I will bring an end to that exile. I will bring restoration to your people. And, and, and so... I love that, and I started to think about this tent that God was talking about. And so the next slide, we've got this picture of what an ancient tent would possibly have looked like. This was not my drawing. I found it on Mr. Google. Um, and, and you can see that it's, it's actually really innovative because those tents, right, they are what I would call scalable. What I mean by scalable is that if you wanted it to be smaller, you get rid of a few poles, kind of flap it down, and it's smaller. If you need to be bigger, put a few more poles out, stretch a few more pieces of material over, and you got bigger. It's not like our modern-day camping tents that pop up by themselves, where if you buy a two-man tent, it's a two-man tent. If you want four people in it, you have to squeeze four people into it. You don't change the tent. You either buy a new tent or you live with it. You know what I mean? But back then, it was like, honey, our kitchen's getting too small. All right, give me half an hour. Put out a few steaks. A few, voila, you got a whole new gourmet kitchen out in the desert. What am I trying to say is that those things were convenient to enlarge. 
But the thing about what was happening in those times, in, 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 in Isaiah 54, was that the prophecy of the ending of the exile was at least 70 years in the future. That enlargement process, which could maybe, because these guys probably know what they're doing, probably take them at most, maybe a couple of days. God gave them 70 years notice. 70 years notice. And as I really started to dwell on this, and I started to think about this, God started to put something on my heart. He started to show me that quite often the physical structures are the easy part. The things that we do to enlarge, uh, to get into the new, is actually quite simple. The place where, is, where you need that time to enlarge is actually on the inside. It's actually inside of us. Can you imagine you start to, you have your tent and, and you know that all your friends and relatives have been taken to exile. You're not going to be seeing them anytime soon. And so you make a tent that suits your needs. It has maybe a two room, an outhouse somewhere far away, also known as a long drop, uh, a kitchen and maybe a living area where you put up your Netflix and that kind of stuff. You've got that space, right? And, and you start to live in that space. And maybe you're thinking, man, it would be so good if my friends and my relatives came back from exile. It would be just so nice to be able to share this space with them. But then after a while, you get used to your space. Have you noticed how often you live into the space that you have got? Yep. And my parents have just downgraded from a 4 by 2 to a 2 by one In the process, we inherited a lot of good stuff. Thank you, God. Thank you, Mom and Dad. But it's interesting how you live into the space that you have. And so I reckon for a person that had just seen their nation gone into exile, the first few years it was sad. You know, I don't see that person anymore. I wonder why. Uh, they never called, they never write. And, and, but after a while, it's like your heart begins to close off to that person. Soon, it's like, I love this space. This is great. Let's never change this thing ever again because this is perfect for all of our needs. And I wonder whether for some of the Israelites, the promises of the ending of the exile once were so exciting and once were so inspirational, once were so encouraging, now actually became a hindrance. Now it's like, flip. They've not done anything for me, but now I've got to make room for them. Now I've got to make a whole new part of my life. Understand that culturally speaking in those days, they, they were required by culture, required to take in family. They were actually legally required to bring family into the house. If they don't, they get ostracized, they get pushed away. So maybe when God's fulfillment of this ending of the exile was gonna come, it was actually like, now I've got to give up my space. Now I've got to change to accommodate for these people. You know, God gave them 70 years warning. He didn't tell them when the ending of the exile would have been. So maybe many of them actually kept spaces ready for friends and family to come back to. Maybe for them, 
Having that space meant that they didn't live into that space, but they actually knew that that space was going to be for people that are coming back. What, do I, what am I trying to say is that God's promises require us to get ready. God's promises, even though sometimes it's like, God, when is that going to happen? I'm ready. God's like, no, you're not ready. You're still learning how to make room. You're still learning how to do things. You're still learning what this process is about. You know, young person, you're wanting to get into, you want the best family ever. It requires you to start somewhere now. It's, it means that you need to start thinking about what kind of family culture do I want? If you want to have a business that changes the world, don't you, you, it doesn't fall into your lap. You know, I know too many Christians that's like, God's promised me, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit and wait because God has promised. If God's promised, that means He's going to do. And God's like, I promised, but you're not ready for it. You're not doing anything. You're not stepping out. You're not making room. You're not preparing yourself. You know, if nothing else, I know that we've got some guests here this morning. If you don't, if you go back to another church or, or whatever it is that you, you're involved with, uh, my heart is this, that you get ready for what God has got for you because God has got something bigger. God has got something more glorious in your future than what is right now because the Word of God tells me that I'm supposed to forget what already has been, no matter how good it has been been because God has got something more for me and so I strain forward I lean into all that God has for me but leaning into what God has for me means I've got to get ready it means that even though it might be inconvenient it might not make much sense right now but I'm getting ready I've spoken to so many young people in my life as a youth pastor as a as a pastor pastor I don't know why I'd put that in. But I speak to people and I'm like, God, what's, what's God's dream in your heart? And they're like, oh, you know, this and that. So what are you doing to get ready? Uh, I'm still breathing. I'm still, yeah, yeah, I'm still alive. So I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting. So it's okay to wait if God's telling you just to learn patience. But after you learn patience, there's still other stuff that you need to learn. Business person, you better get your character and your integrity right before God begins to open opportunities to you. You know, young person, before you have kids, deal with your mess. Deal with your wholeness issues. Come on, because your, your child is going to live in that space that you have created for them. And I say this of all grace because I'm still on my journey. But what I'm doing right now is not, I'm not sitting and waiting for what God has for me and doing nothing because God's telling me, Nate, you need to work on that. And so, like, okay, I'm going to step into that. I don't see it as an inconvenience anymore. I don't see it as a burden to change. I see it as a necessary step for me to be able to step into all that God has got for me. So Isaiah 54 too, that's the context. That's what God is saying to me right now as a church. We have got amazing things ahead of us. God is doing something amazing in our midst. But let us take those steps in getting ready, in getting ready for all that God has got for us. I'm believing for more people to find Christ this year. I'm believing for our impact to increase enormously in the town of Vic Park. But more importantly than that, the vision of this church is that to be able to get there, we need to be doing something right now. 
And so this year, Stronger 17, that's what we're talking about. And we've broken Stronger 17 into three areas that are highlighted in Isaiah 54. So you ready for this? The first of these areas is this. We need larger hearts. Isaiah 54 talks about enlarging the place of the tent. It is actually preparing room. And we've spoken about making room a fair bit. And I hope it makes sense. But if you look in this building, we don't really need to make room. We have got room. Yeah? Where we need to enlarge is actually in our hearts. So we've spoken to our team leaders. Team leaders, even though your team's running so smoothly right now, find a person that is needing to get engaged. Find a person that is, that is, that is needing to, to, to find something for their hands to do and, and, and bring them in. Yes, they're going to be messy. Yes, they're not going to know how you like to do things. But this is a great time to bring them in, to get them involved. You know what I mean? When, when looking at Beck running the Lift Kids team, every new person that comes in, she has to sit down and work through with them our whole Kids Safe policy. It's not easy. It's not convenient. Because a lot of that stuff is, is, is common sense, but it's necessary because we need to keep our kids safe and it's part of the process. So having new people on a team can sometimes feel like an inconvenience, but if we are to have larger hearts, we need to do the inconvenient things. We need to stop seeing these as inconvenient and we need to see it as necessary steps for us to fulfill all that God offered to see the fulfillment of what God has got for us. So larger hearts. Uh, another thing that, 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 re- that God really put on our heart over the journey so far. And don't feel condemned if you have said this before, but many people have said to us as they visited Lyft, they say, oh, I'm, no, I was looking for a small church because I was part of a big church and, and I wanted to find a small church where I could easily get to know people and get involved. Absolutely. I understand that there are certain perks of being in a church this size. I know every person by name, except the twins. I don't know which one's which. <laughs> so, you're just the same person. Until you develop a personality that I get to know, you are the same. <laughs> Sorry, that was an aside. But, you know, this church size, yeah, you, you get to know people. But, you, but even with that, there are people I'm saying, oh, you know that person, that, that person, like, who? Even in this size, you're already starting to form little groups and not everyone knows everybody. But, you know, the thing about this church is that we want to have large hearts that welcome people and help them find family. It means that the culture of the house doesn't change the larger we get. It means that we could be 1,500 people, but it's still the most welcoming, the most warm church anyone has ever stepped into. And you know why? It's not because of the size, the physical size of the church. It's because our hearts have been enlarged. It is ready to receive. It is ready to welcome. It is ready to love. So yes, we are a small church right now, but we're not always going to be. But I... I wish I could guarantee, but what I need is for all of us to jump on board with this and say we will all have large hearts because that is necessary to the vision of this house. Well, that's the first thing, uh, 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 larger hearts. The second thing is to have a further reach, a further reach. See, on Isaiah 54, it talks about how you need to have a, a, a larger space. You need to have more curtains in order to build this house. Every church needs more curtains, uh, and I, more, more curtains, but in order to make sure that the curtains are, are tied down, tethered down properly, the cords needed to reach out further. We need to have a further reach in order to continue to have this stability. 
And so with that, God has put on our hearts that this is the year that we are going to really start to reach out into our community. As I mentioned to you, we started uh, with our Sunday experiences, Lift Kids and Lift Groups. And, and many people have asked us, what about the community? What about the community? Well, we felt that in that season, God was asking us to make those things, uh, uh, focus on those things and, and make them as strong as possible. But this season, God is really telling us to start to reach out and to start to have an impact on our community. I'm going to be unpacking that in just a moment. The, fi- the, the final thing about having a stronger 17 is that we need deeper roots. You have more covering. You have a larger tent. You are reaching out further. In order for the stability of the tent, you need to have deeper roots. Strengthen those stakes. Get them in deep into the ground. As we continue on in our journey, as we see growth, as we see amazing things that God opens up for us, the Bible is still primary to everything that we do. The Bible, God's Word, God's presence, uh, uh, His His life, His grace is still everything uh, uh, to us. We need those deeper roots. If anything, I'm expecting that this year we're going to go deeper than we did last year. Uh, you know, as we reach further out, as we encourage more people in their journey, journey with God, we are actually going to be tapping into a deeper walk with Him individually and as a church. How exciting is that? And that that is a focus for us. And so we've got larger hearts, further reach, and deeper roots. And so, practically speaking, I've got another 10 minutes tops. That's good. We have developed four goals to help us keep on track with these three areas that we are talking about. You ready for them? Yep. Ready for some practicals? The first thing is this. We as a church want to see 80% of the church in live groups. 80%. Now, maybe you've not really been a part of a church for a long, or, for, or, or get involved in that kind of stuff. Most churches our size will be lucky with 50%. We're going for 80. We believe in small groups that much. You know, and, and our live groups actually hit up so many aspects of our vision for this year. Our small groups actually allow us to interact with people that we don't normally interact with. The way our live group system works is that you get to meet different people every term. And our groups, we, we set it up. We don't try to segregate you. You are a white 30-year-old male. You are going to make friends with white 30-year-old males. We don't do that. We want, we want that salad to be tossed up in as many ways as possible. And I, uh, you know, uh, we calculated this, this year, uh, sorry, this term, 50%, uh, half of our lift groups are actually um, demographically completely mixed up uh, in terms of age. We've got more than 40%. Uh, it's really hard to explain what I did. You might just have to trust me in it. <laughs> You know, there are still some groups that because of what it's talking about, what it caters towards, it's still um, uh, demographically quite similar. For example, we're doing a lift youth training, which we'll be talking about in just a moment. And obviously, you're going to get all young people on that one. So it still happens, but half of our groups are actually, you're going to go on there and you're going to be like, oh, so not everyone is in the same station of life as I am in. There are actually people that have gone before me and there are people that are still coming. Guess what? That's how you grow. Family is messy. Family is all over the place. Family is not cloning of people. 
Family is also fun. Family is also rich. Family is where you can get involved. And so our live groups allow you to have larger hearts. Some of our live groups down the track will also have a, an aspect of reaching out into our community, maybe through sports or, 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 or certain uh, topics that might interest our community. For example, this term, we are doing a parenting course. We're doing an emotional health course. We're doing a finance course. These things, as we keep running them, as they get stronger, we're going to throw them out to our community and say, hey, why don't you be a part of this in a non-threatening, non-judgmental environment? We just want to give you tools to live your life as best as possible. So our live groups are amazing. They also help you get deeper in love with God. I love our live groups. I love that our live group leaders have a heart to actually love people. They're not so concerned about running through the program as they are about ensuring that you are growing. I love our live group leaders, and you need to get involved in it. 80% of our church need to be in live groups. So far, we are hitting that mark, which is fantastic. Live groups have started uh, so far for one week, so you can still join up for many of them. And um, you can talk to my mom and dad who are over there in the yellow. Um, talk to them about a live group that you can get involved with because they got all the info. I don't remember everything. I had to remember this sermon. <laughs> all right, the second thing, the second goal that we have for this year is that we want to see 70% of our church in service teams. Now, our service teams are the primary pastoral care vehicle of our church. What do we mean by that is that our lift groups only run for a term, and then they finish. They stop. Your lift group leaders are not uh, designed to follow you up for the rest of your life. But when you join a service team, you're part of a roster, you're part of a team that is regularly doing things together. And so in that way, you get to rub shoulders, you get to uh, uh, really get to know each other. And we have told our service team leaders um, that more than getting tasks done is about loving people along the way. It's about ensuring that people are going well on their journey so far. And so we want people in service teams because it's the best way for us as a church to know how you are going. If you're not part of a live group and you're not part of a service team, you can actually not really be involved with live church. You might enjoy what's going on, but maybe no one's really going to know your name. It doesn't matter what size church you are in. That's always the case. And so we want to have a healthy church. And a healthy church requires people to... to, to to put out a little bit, to be a part of a lift group, to be part of a service team. Also, because our church is going to grow, we need our volunteer base to grow along with that. We need musos, we'll need kids team, we'll need all of that stuff. And so we will love people to be engaged in service in our church. And service also benefits you. Our world is getting more and more self-centered. What's in it for me? Service teams help you remember that life is not always about you. If you've never heard that before, this is a freebie. You need to hear it. Get off your butt, you selfish person. Life is not always about you. It really isn't. You narcissistic, lover of yourself. There are more people around you. And the call of God on you is always to do with people around you. It's never about self-promotion. It's never about how comfortable you are. So get off your butt, read your Bible, get into a service team, and we love you. <laughs> so if you want to get involved somehow this year, we do. We really do love you, and that's why I'm going to tell that to you. 
We've got a special desk set up for this week and next week as well. We might keep going the whole of Feb if it goes really well, um, except for the lollies bit. But uh, we've made these little lollies as uh, just a reminder for you. Um, it, it, it's got our colors, yellow and white. It really represents me. I'm yellow on the outside and white on the inside. And uh, Beck needs little, what do you call them? Brown babies. Pineapple lumps. <laughs> anyway, we got these as a little gift for you for coming along today and next week. Hope uh, It's more like one of family. You can pick them up from the desk in the foyer. But over there, we have got a couple of sign-up sheets as well. And the sign-up sheets are what we're calling uh, service teams for home base. We're calling this home base. You know, if we want to continue to reach out to the community and do well there, we need to have an effective uh, home base. So we would love you to be involved. See what you want to be involved in. It doesn't mean that you tick your name, you're sign-on for life. It means that you just want more information and someone will be in touch. But there's another sheet as well, and we're going to be talking about that in just a moment as well is that we've got a community engagement form. And that is exciting because we've not really done a huge amount of work into our community engagement. So we want to make sure that home base is strong, but this year we're also going to be launching a whole bunch of community engagement um, things that you can be a part of. Like, what do you call them? Initiatives. That's a great word, Beck. I knew I married you for something. And... Uh, community engagement so so make sure that you uh, check out the desk think see what's available and get involved and on the curtain as well uh, we have written small profiles around different things that you can be involved with and so you can get to know them as well Beck will be at the desk today and ask her any question because this is so key for us as we go on to this year we want to engage people in all that we are doing the last two goals, I've kind of put them together. So I'm sorry, Mark, that the two things, I don't know whether you're flashing back and forth. Um, but we got two, uh, further, the last two goals. The first of these last two goals is that we as a church are going to develop five community partnerships this year. What do we mean by this? As a church, we don't think that reinventing the wheel is the best way to go forward. In the town of Vic Park in particular, and in WA actually, there are many community organizations that are doing work that we could only dream of. They, are, they have done their research, they've done the development, and they've established strong, trustworthy organizations. And so as a church, rather than try to do things and copy what these guys are doing, we are going to partner with them. We are going to put in resource into them, whether it's through manpower or whether it's through finances. We'll do what we can through this year, but we are going to be developing five partnerships through the year. As a church, uh, over January, it was really exciting because Beck and I have already established three or four of them they're pretty solid and we're ready to go so red frogs is obviously one of them but another one that i'm really excited about is our partnership with pregnancy problem house uh, and i know that we had them here last year over mother's day and this year we're going to partner with them again um, and, and one of the initiatives that that they have asked us to, to to jump on with is to actually run a mother's day pamper day for the women that they serve how amazing is that that uh, these women are basically pregnancy problem house 
uh, has been set up to look after uh, women that are, uh, I guess, having problems with their pregnancy in terms of not being sure whether they continue or not. And, and so they, most of them are in very difficult situations, and, and they don't often have much family and support networks around them. And so as a church, how great is it that we can not just say that we love you, but we can do something to show the love in our community. So that's another one of our partnerships, and that's super cool. Is super duper. And uh, finally, the final goal that we have for this year is through those five community partnerships, we are going to do a thousand community engagement hours. We as a church, I think you guys are in shock, aren't you? I, I was a bit shocked when our team had more faith than I did. I was going for 700, just to let you know. And then uh, you can really blame, I think it was mainly Mitchell, wasn't it? Uh, Josh? Maybe it was Mitchell and Josh together. They're like, just make it a thousand, mate. And it's like, some people are going to have to do a lot of volunteering this year. In fact, the truth is, I would really hope for us to bust through that thousand hours. You know, I would love us to establish more than five partnerships, or we're going to do it in a way that's sustainable. But the community service hours, when we put things out there as available options, why don't we jump on as a church? We want a further reach. It's not going to happen without us doing something about it. And, and can you imagine? Imagine someone comes up to you and asks you, what good is having a church in this neighborhood? Imagine being armed with statistics that we are going to have as a church and say, you know what, mate, if this church didn't exist, $20,000 and about a million community service hours would be lost. All that things that you see that you take for granted, our church has been actively involved in. You know, that homelessness issue that you don't see as much anymore is because we have been involved in that. You know that domestic violence issue that has been out there for all that time? You know why it's disappearing? Because the church is involved in it. You know, people and all that kind of stuff. We want to get involved. And like I said, we don't always have the answers, but there are many people that are actually doing amazing work. And so why don't we throw our effort, throw our collective strength into being able to make a real difference into our community. I really wish for the day that, that, you know, we're starting this off, and so it might not sound that great, but, you know, as we continue to build, that's what I'm talking about. We're making room now. We're starting steps now, and this is going to come into full view in the next few years. So how great is it that you get to be a part of this step in the life of our church? And so I really encourage you um, to, to um, make your way to that desk, find out what you can be involved with. Another big way that you can actually keep in touch with us and all that we're doing in the community is through a city account uh, because we don't want to, well, we can't actually, if we have five partnerships and they're all doing stuff all the time, we can't always be announcing it from the stage. We can't always be giving everyone a call. But the city is a place where we put all the information on there and so you can grab um, all the info as you need. Um, and access that um, in your time. And so we would really love you uh, to grab a city account. Finally, really excitingly, in term two, we are going to be starting our youth group. Um, it's called Lift Youth. And we, were, we were super original about it. We were thinking so long and hard. So what should we call this? Lift Youth, yeah, sounds good. 
Very, really cool. Uh, and we're already working on a training team getting ready. Our Live Youth is going to run really differently from a normal youth group, and you're going to be hearing lots about it soon. But just to let you know, term two, we are launching Lift Youth. So that's all the stuff that we are doing as a church. I'm just going to invite the band up. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lift, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.